Okay. Are we are we ready to go? Is this the bit where I introduce? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Guernsey Gigs podcast number three. Three. With hosts, the drummer from Tantau, Graham Jula. Hello. The bassist from Brunt, um, designer, video, videographer, etc., etc. Elliot Marius. Hello. How come he's got a longer title than I've got? Uh, I just, I just get drummer. Because I, I wrote these really quickly before, trying to be really pro, and then I couldn't read what I had written down. <laughs> okay. Special guests today, we have on my left, the Phantom Cosmonauts. He's known for reviewing. He's known for the BBC introducing here in Guernsey. Um, and you've, you've been to any of the local gigs, you would have seen him around. Mr. Tom Girard. Hello. And on my left, from the ukuladies. Right, surely. And also... <laughs> so now I'm panning Tom left and me left. <laughs> right. Well, what, Who knows? <laughs> I was trying to do this really yeah, pro because really someone sorry, said that right. we didn't introduce it properly on the last ones and that we should do an introduction and stuff. Right, right. Keep, and now I've been right, trying to do right. it and I've messed it all up. <laughs> so Mimi Bishop on my right from the ukuladies. She works also with Elliot in advertising and she lives in the house we're recording. So it felt right to invite her Along. Can I just say, she makes a mean cup of tea. She does make a very good cup of tea. Mm -hmm. And myself, Gregory Harrison, who um, will will be doing the same thing and who will probably try and make that intro a bit better next time. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, that was hard. That was meant to be really good. That was meant to be like a proper podcast introduction. They just went completely collapsed. I I don't think it went completely collapsed. It was just a bit jammy. It was jammy. Yeah. Jamie's fine. Is there such a thing as a proper podcast introduction, okay. though? Because no. they just don't really... They just start. No. Yes, they do. Know. They do. Yeah. The thing is, is, we're not a proper podcast. We're just a podcast. <laughs> we are a podcast. <laughs> yes, as we say, no such thing as a proper podcast. Now, let's move on with some questions. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit disturbed by that, actually, because the first two didn't have a list of questions. We just had a rough idea about what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. And then this time, I think probably because Tommy G's here... <laughs> We suddenly we've got a list of questions. I know we wanted an actual pro in front of in front of some real radio stars. It doesn't feel like us. No, it doesn't. We've got enough cans on the table to get this going in a different direction. Okay. Now we're back. Now we're back. Yes. Okay. Now that's enough faffing about. Tom. 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 Thanks for coming in. Hello. And Mimi. Thanks, and for, Mimi. Uh, thanks, thanks for being in your house. In your own home. No worries. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, so, you are welcome in my house. <laughs> Tom, when I first um, first came back to the island, I sort of became aware of your broadcasting stuff, mm. and then uh, then the Phantom Cosmonaut. Yes, came yeah. out. Um, what was your first gig? Um, first gig proper as. Mm. The Phantom Cosmonaut, when it was just me playing noisy electric stuff, was the Peace Tent in 2012, something like that. Oh, really? Around about then. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, Yeah, and before that, I'd done the open micy, acoustic-y things, and then okay, Mm. yeah. But as an official sort of actual gig, it was the Peace Tent. So, did you did you when you were doing the open mic stuff? Did you kind of have an idea about where you were going and what you were going to do? Was this part of a plan or did it just evolve? It just sort of happened. I I played guitar when I was a teenager for like a year, maybe. Properly had lessons and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
and then drifted from it and didn't really play again. And then someone at work mentioned they might have an electric guitar to sell. Mm. So I thought, oh, yeah, that's nice. I'll have one of them. <laughs> and then <laughs> and you just started collecting after that. <laughs> so, someone said, this is how you play Blitzkrieg Bop. Uh, like, oh, okay, that's easy. Yeah. I said, I haven't really progressed much beyond three power chords. And, <laughs> you know, that's about it. So were you yeah. reviewing and blogging before that or oh, yeah. already before playing? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, what was your sort of like, uh, like when did you start doing the reviewing and blogging? Like how did that um, So the reviewing thing was when I came back to the island from uni and started working at Radio Guernsey, um, which was 2004? Yeah, 2004. Um, once I sort of got going, I was sort of like, well, can we do reviews on the website? Can we do anything about local music? So I did a few things. I remember um, I did a review and an interview with a band called Sactric from the UK who played down at Blindos, who are led by a guy called Chris Dale, who was in Bruce Dickinson's band at various points. Oh, and wow. they're like this bizarre band made up of um, the front guy and then whoever else he happened to <laughs> bring along with him. And okay. there's, the, it's probably not online anymore, but there's a brilliant family tree Sounds of the like band. <laughs> the Gregory and Harrison show when they came over here in Blind O'Reilly's so I mean you know the size of the place there it mm. was uh, Chris on vocals and bass had a lead guitar player had a keyboard player and two drummers Yay. in the corner at Blindos wow. which was um, that takes up a lot of room yeah and, and volume as well <laughs> two drums and, and two drum kits or just yes two yeah two drummers and two drum kits <laughs> just yeah <laughs> And because and I, I asked them, like, well, why was why did you have two drummers? It's like it, they weren't doing stuff that necessarily needed it. Mm. Just like that's when we got asked to do the gig. That's who was free that day. <laughs> so this is Brilliant. the people who came over. I love like, that. You I might know. see them another time and have no keyboard player, two bass players, and a different lead guitarist. <laughs> you know, that's just great seems material to be how they work. about. Yeah, yeah. It's really good material yeah. for you. To, as if if that's your first bit of writing, yeah, well, you must have got stuck into that. Yeah, well, it's definitely one of them. And so I did an interview with them and stuff, which went on the BBC website, and then. I started working full time on the BBC website, which is when what was called Guernsey Unsigned launched in around July 2006. Mm -hmm. And that was where I started doing profiles of bands, gig reviews regularly, regularly. So mm -hmm. at least one a week was my aim, um, which I've loosely stuck to when there's been stuff. And mm -hmm. I've not been going insane because of the amount of stuff going on. Um, <laughs> and yeah, then anything else. And then it became the radio show in September 2008. Was that so, when introducing started then? Um, it was just after introducing became an official thing, but okay. before it became a kind of every station kind of does something thing, so it's sort of yeah, in between. Yeah. So we'd started the reviews website before that, and yeah. then it sort of it grew into being part of introducing on a more official kind of capacity. That's a really useful thing, though, isn't it? I think the mm. whole introducing thing, not, not, mm. we don't want to dwell too much on that, but, but it's because um, it's obviously part of your, your work, but, um, but it's a really good vehicle for uh, bands and artists. Yeah, it's like, like all these things, it's as much what the bands and the artists want to put into it mm. as they potentially might get out. So, yeah. you know, sometimes it's all about uploading tracks, they come to us locally and we filter it to go up because essentially the way it was originally sold to us um, was when John Peel died 
um, which is what, 2006, I think, around mm-hmm. that kind of time. Um, I think Radio 1 kind of realised quite how many things he was being sent and listening to yeah. and realised that no one else had the time to do it and weren't quite sure how he ever had the time to do it. And so, right, we need a way of doing this, which became send stuff to someone locally. Yeah. And then if it's good, they will tell us That's about a, it. Yeah, and, mm. you know, so it's yeah, like... That's a, actually how introducing Loosely speaking, yeah. I think it probably must have been an idea to do something. Yeah separate that beforehand but yeah it's such a nice thing that being it is difficult to like connect bands local bands in different areas mm. and that is the thing with introducing it's so nice to sort of you skip on to the one over anywhere and you find all these tiny little little bands i don't think there was that much unless you knew about the name of the show but it was all disjointed a little bit it's nice yeah. to have that thing that brings it all together a little true. Bit. yeah so that, i mean there's shows under the bbc introducing banner that have been going for 20 30 years on some local radio stations because they've just always had someone Mm. Isn't really into the local music scene and has always done it. Like I think the Northern Irish one, which I believe is called Crossing the Line, has just been going for ages because since the undertones and that, there's been a big, very specific Northern Irish music scene. Yeah. yeah. And so they reflected that, and then it's become part of the introducing umbrella, but kind of has its own identity. And oh, I just really interesting questions just popped <laughs> into my head about the link. So we started talking about you as a musician and mm. doing gigs and uh, the Phantom Cosmonaut and that must be so difficult for you then to how do you how do you do that with your reviewing stuff as well because you must be, you can't really review yourself in gigs <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 give yourself glowing and, one and my backup question what about what about you writing as and writing your own songs and then uploading them um, you've got to keep that separation yeah, somehow yeah I mean how, how, I how do, do you manage that I mean so far with the Phantom Cosmonaut in its current guys, we've only got one original song and it's not that much of an issue because we've not recorded it. But in the past when I recorded some acoustic stuff, um, I just, you know, haven't uploaded it to introducing because I couldn't listen to it and go, oh, I think that's very nice. Yeah, I'll put great. that on the radio. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's great to from it. Yeah. <laughs> you should check out this guy. <laughs> I mean, the thing that's a bit weird is when there's a gig in the gig guide, I will mention it and I'll just include it as just any other band. Yeah. So, okay. you know, Static Alice and the Phantom mm. Cosmonaut and someone else applying at the Delarue kind of thing. I won't. Did something say anything happen more than in that. your head is as you're doing you can't that? Call yourself, is that why you can't call yourself Tom Gerard as a band? Or, no, I just uh, don't. Uh, well, I do for the acoustic stuff nowadays. I'll say it's me, or if I'm oh, DJing, yeah. I'll say it's me. But the Phantom Cosmonauts become the two-piece thing which is me and Brett mm. now of uh, yeah noisy rock and rolly garagey stuff which I don't know, is it's like the cliche question but where did the Phantom Cosmonaut name come from? Um, it's a conspiracy theory going back to the 50s and 60s about Yuri Gagarin was the first man in space well was he he was the first man to come back from space <laughs> so there's all sorts of theories about <laughs> Cosmonauts oh, who got sound sent like, up. It sounded like a, a load of housewives. <laughs> but yeah, there's all these theories you, of me. Yeah, yeah. Dead, you look a bit confused there. Cosmonauts, saying... basically. Oh no, I was waiting just for Tom to finish <laughs> okay. the cosmonaut yeah. yeah. So Yuri Gagarin maybe came back from space. Yeah. But, but how many people did they send up before that that oh, they just didn't tell right. anyone about? And there's like alleged recordings picked up from radio listeners in Italy of transmissions 
that Jesus. sound like people dying in space. Oh, che- oh, cheerily oh, enough. Lovely. Um, wow. Yeah, and, you know, it went on after, ah, after that into, you know, the... Um, like, did they try doing a moon mission and just never told anyone about it because it messed up? Because all the kit exists that Russia could do and could have done a moon mission at the time and things that. like that. Yeah. That's quite cool. So it's, well, it's, it's, it's quite kind in. of dark and bleak. But yeah, do you find kind of somebody going, hello? <laughs> hello? Is anyone there? And, 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 as with all these things, if you look on YouTube, it's all on there. <laughs> do you find that Flat Earth. Pe- yeah. other people... Um, sometimes almost give you a review after the gig as you're playing because you review lots of people and um well i always thought that it was like very courageous tom actually to step up (laughs) and out because you Mm. are a a critic i suppose or a reviewer so i always kind of wonder how you Mm. feel up on the stage being critiqued or you know, do mm-hmm. people come up at the end, the ones that haven't had such a nice review and just go, that was horrible. I <laughs> <laughs> haven't had that quite happen yet. But no, I mean, we've only been reviewed a couple of times mostly. I think one by Shax and one by um, Claire, who used to be at the press. And, you know, they, because of the sort of stuff they're into, I think they've been quite positive about it. But I, I know full well what we do isn't something everyone likes because people don't like but having I, noisy, offensive things shouted at them that regularly. Any type of music, though. <laughs> there's, there's any type of music. Some people some people don't like some of the stuff that I do or the Tantau do or the Brunt or ukulele. Some people just they just don't like it. Yeah. But it's like not their thing. So and But some people really love it. Yeah, so it doesn't, yeah, you know, you anyone that doesn't like that kind of thing won't, won't the, be interested the, or yeah, will give a bad review. Fans. They're not music fans. Well, anyone who doesn't like me definitely isn't a music fan. I mean, that's the kind of thing with reviewing stuff. You ha- doing it the way I do it is to sort of say, well, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah. You know. You've got to find that balance yeah. always of, I don't know, finding the good in something that yeah, you, yeah. you don't necessarily... Have you had bands where it's just been like, Oh, what can I say? <laughs> this has just been truly an awful. Or, you don't need to say <laughs> the band's no, name. I was going to say all. it's probably long enough ago, a long, long enough ago now, and I've probably told them all anyway that it's Perpetual of the Blinding was the first one that I did that. Perpetual is, of the Blinding. Yeah, Perpetual of the Blinding. I think Bobby Battle was in it. I seem to remember this was. This must have been two thousand and six. It was gig up at the. Um, Carlton, I want to say, the one yeah. up by the Trellard. And of course, um, we know Bobby Battle is now a rock star. Yeah, so. well, exactly. Yeah. But it, it was it was a whole bunch of them from that thing who've all done stuff since. And I don't know if this was a first band or if it was a first gig, because I was quite new to the scene at the time. But it was just one of those ones of, like, this is really shouty deathcore. <laughs> and well, it's <laughs> just not working. And I think Ferox were probably on the same bill. I think oh, Vietnamese yeah. were on the same but you know, it was one of those gigs. So it was a mix ish of stuff, but heavier stuff and whatever it was about them just did not work. And I can't remember if I saw them again or not. Yeah. But it was one of those ones. But there's you know, there's been a few since where it's been like I yeah, just what is there what to say, say about yeah. this? What's, what's the sort of um, like worst reaction you've had to an interview? Uh, uh, not re- uh, a to review. review. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
probably a half hour phone call from the <laughs> singer's mother. <laughs> really? Oh my god, how wonderful. Oh, that's cringy. Yeah. Um, Did you just have to listen? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, you try, you try justifying a few things, but then realise no. I just, just, just talk. Was it Greg's mum? <laughs> yeah. That would. She would totally do that. No, she wouldn't. She would totally have a go at me for not doing good enough show. Crack the whip and beat the child. <laughs> and it, it was the thing that a few months later I saw the band again and gave them a much more positive review and got a Facebook message saying, "Oh, thanks for the amazing review." And it's like that wasn't an amazing review. <laughs> The yeah. one before wasn't an awful review. Yeah, like, yeah. could probably have been much harsher because a lot of my stuff I probably could be. Um, but you don't have to thank me for one and yeah. completely have a go for yeah. the other. Yeah. It's difficult just, that, just, yeah, that first review sometimes <laughs> when you get a review back from someone and it's not extremely flattering and you get it back and you initially think, oh, that's so aggravating. Like yeah. I thought it was... And then you kind of look more into detail into it and you're kind of a bit like, yeah, it's probably quite true. It's, it wasn't, it's, like, there's things to work on and then yeah. you've got to be able to take that step back I, I to it, get better, I think, in a way. I think yeah, it's quite important true. to have reviews. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I think it's really important because you get off the stage and all your friends will say to you, that was really good. Exactly. And then you don't yeah. improve. You don't, yeah. Everyone just goes, oh, that was really lovely. And you go, oh, Apart from right. your mum. And then, but you know all the things that you did wrong. But if everyone just tells you, oh, that was really nice, you think, oh, I don't have to improve. But if you've actually got someone giving honest reviews, I think it's like it's a really useful tool to analyse yourself and think maybe I should try harder. Yeah. yeah. And but Elliot's mum doesn't doesn't like his band. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember in the first podcast we mentioned she wrote a poem <laughs> about. Oh, that's a good segue there. Um, that's a really about. Good segue. I remember us talking about that. If only Elliot had that poem with if, him. He just like brought it in randomly today to isn't the podcast. That, isn't that a coincidence? Because I do have it right here on my phone. Is this the devil's armpit poem? Could um, could a real musician like maybe maybe read it instead of a real yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah do you want to read it no no I think I think you should because she's got the voice voice. music that moves what is this Elliot just give us a bit of okay a little background on it Uh, my mum did a writing course uh, where she was asked to make uh, write a bunch of poems and so she wrote one about me and my brother starting a band which yeah which, which she lovingly calls the devil's armpit had you started a band by this sorry point? she calls sorry? had you actually started a band by this point yes or was yes, this yeah, yeah. speculative this is, this was, uh, <laughs> yeah, what I imagine my yeah. sons might do <laughs> the devil's armpit now, this is so, her, her personal experience of me and my brother living in a house making noise with a drum kit and a bass guitar <laughs> so what's the poem called, Memes? It's called Music That Moves. Okay. Dot, dot, dot. Hit it. All this banging hurts my head. Rhythmic thumping I've come to dread. Oh, what possessed me to give in. Now I'm never free from this din. He begged and pleaded, said he needed a set of drums. My son, the drummer drums, with his finger on his tongue. While sitting at the kitchen table with both hands, he is able to beat out a rhythm he hears inside. I really should be filled with pride. (laughs) If only the singing didn't sound like a yell with lyrics from the pits of hell. (laughs) My son, the drummer, drums with his fingers on his tongue. Oh, what is this dreadful noise? Here comes the firstborn of my boys. My son, he plays bass. Those that know him say he's ace. 
Hearing them practice is more than I can stand. Night after night, now they've formed a rock band. <laughs> With singing and wailing so very loud, and lots of pretty girls in the crowd. <coughs> My son, he plays bass. Those who know him say he's ace. Oh, their music moves me so. I should be a supportive mother, I know. I wish it would move them too, I groan, for it is time they both left home. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Is that the end? That's that by Yasmin Marius. That, that, yeah. that is a fantastic poem. Is wow. That, yeah. Is that the formation of Deadwing then? Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. brilliant. <laughs> Inspirational. <laughs> and that's why in we have no lyrics. <laughs> so, Tom, what was the first gig that got you hooked on music? Um, the first gig lo of local stuff that I went to that sort of really interested me, but I probably didn't go to many for a while afterwards, was down at Valzon Bay, and they used to do the balcony gigs down oh, yeah, at the VB in the summer. Mm -hmm. And some of this may be my brain exaggerating things <laughs> but when you hear who it's about you might go actually um so seen how um, old were you 15 16 something okay. like that yeah yeah it was it <laughs> was <laughs> wandered wandered along because i lived down at Varzon and thought i'd go and have a look and as i was walking along so you can hear it and it's not that clear because it's an outdoor gig mm. particularly back in you know, this was like <clears throat> late 90s um but as I got there, there was a bloke singing whilst hanging off the balcony with one arm with one of his legs in plaster. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out, I later discovered it's Stace Blondel. Oh, well, so, yeah. Yeah. so I, there's bits of it where I'm not quite sure I've totally remembered it properly. But that's uh, what's in my head. Yeah. And I have no idea which band it was. I don't think it was Lobster, because I think it was either before that or... It wasn't that sort of music. It's normally but, dangling from something. Though. But yeah, yeah, uh, it could be any band with so space. What, but, but what? Were, I mean, okay, so that, <laughs> that, that's a great image. Yeah, that doesn't say much about the music. But what? What? What did it do to you, kind of emotionally? Do you think um, as a 15, 16 year old? Blimey! I mean, in that instance, it just was interesting, and that was <laughs> you know, and I, I could do that. Kind <laughs> of. I mean, music. I've I've been into to a degree always. It was you know like listening to what my parents listened to, and then going to Reading probably around the same time as that for the first time and seeing Foo Fighters and Bling 182 and bands like that at the time mm. who were in their sort of peak I guess um, but then there's a, like it was when I was at uni that I properly properly got into stuff when mm. I started going to um, Rock Sock, which was the Rock Music Society, which is a really bizarre <laughs> name for a society, um, which was basically a bunch of metalers getting together in the back room of a pub on a Tuesday evening and DJ what did you, what did you study at uni? Uh, drama, film, and TV. Um, but Sorry, yeah, was that drama, anyway. film, and TV? <laughs> <laughs> Studying drummers. You're just, just seeing a load of people in white suits with a load of drummers and some kids' toys in a room watching them through plexiglass. Interesting lot they are, these drummers. <laughs> There's not that much to learn about. <laughs> no, there really oh, isn't. Oh, here come yeah. the drum drums. That was just in the first Sorry. term. Sorry, carry on, Tom. Um, but yeah, so um, we sort of just were DJing to each other. So it was all us doing stuff. And then um, I got into DJing within the first few weeks of going and went from there and ended up being vice president of the society for two years. <laughs> Wow. Which basically meant I helped organise the nights and we went from doing one Tuesday night thing a week to doing 
Tuesday nights in the back room of the pub and then either a Friday or a Saturday depending on how the other one of the other nightclubs was feeling in their basement which was suitably dingy mm. for <laughs> nice. the sort of thing we were doing perfect then we started punk sock on a Wednesday night so that was so because people the the Standard night, people started moaning it wasn't metal enough or it wasn't punk enough, of course. <laughs> people so, like to moan at yeah. DJs, don't they? Um, <laughs> so it became, well, we'll do, you know, we'll do punk sock and we'll do rock sock. And then someone else started metal sock because the metal wasn't nearly metal enough. Um, <laughs> and that became, I think that was like normally five blokes in a room listening to black metal for five hours. And it was just like, just you're not going to get more people here. Because <laughs> this is five hours and then just finished off the evening with like, a little bit of Enya every time. <laughs> Just to cool, cool down the nerves. And then we started doing monthly shows at the Union, which previously had been a bit of a... The student union didn't really... Like, we were part of it because we were an official society, but they were a bit, you know, arm's length yeah. about yeah, us. Yeah, you're, you're official, but over, yeah, stay over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we did some of their most profitable nights on a few occasions. Yeah, yeah. Ran an alternative Mayball, which sold out and... Did, oh, that sounds know, fun. Did some really cool that's, stuff. Um, cool. It was more based around DJing because getting a band to come to Aberystwyth is quite a challenge <laughs> <laughs> because they, they sort of, seemingly the general thing was they go, oh yeah, that sounds good because it's a gig and then they must look at a map at some point in between and go, oh. um, it, how do we get there? And if we can, it's, it's like coming over here. Yeah, it's pretty much like coming to you can't yeah. do a gig in Abba and then easily do a gig somewhere else the next night. I love the fact that you're to Abba. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> great. I live in Abba. Um, Which one? <laughs> oh, all, all four of them. They're very loose now. <laughs> There's something about it being the... Uh, probably not anymore, but it was the gay capital of Wales that kind of fits really? in with that as well. So, I think mostly because it was a university town, so there was yeah, a yeah. lot of students. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so we didn't get bands very often. I think once we had a Nirvana tribute band who were like one of the good tribute bands that you get going around, mm. um, and we almost had Anti Product. Another band who I almost saw at Blind O'Reilly's <laughs> until the boat was cancelled, so I didn't make it over, um, which was a real shame. Seeing anti-product at Blindos would have been bizarre. At <laughs> that there. Um, if you don't know, anti-product were a late 90s British-American band, but their singer, Alex Kane, used to do like all face paints and all sorts, but at any gig. So they played quite small pub wow. venues, mm, but great. he did the full, full works yeah. regardless. Ah, cool. You like a... a you you like the show yeah like you're you're into the wrestling at the gigs it, it comes out you can see it through the reviews like putting on a show is all is is as important as the music almost like or it's, it's you can get doing, away with a lot more if you've put in yeah, the show do you, you really think that's like if, if you mm. do depends on the music some music suits having a performance with it yeah some mm. doesn't you know so um i mean there's bands that some people moan about that they don't do enough on stage but if it's the right kind of music well you don't have to mm. yeah because yeah. it fits that thing but there's it's some so bands that not because the music needs anything extra, but just the styling of it yeah. fits having something extra. Like, I mean, you look at the Rex, it works with having a big image. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And if it didn't have that image, the songs would still be great. Mm. But I don't but know that it would flatter, yeah. come across stage, as well. Things of course, and, it's got yeah. to be natural, though, Yeah, it? It exactly. It can't like be forced. You want to perform, otherwise 
Yeah. Because yeah. you with ukuleles, with Mimi, who is part of the ukuleles, that mm. was quite interesting to see how it like developed and grew over time. And and stage act grew with it. It was, and it really became sort of like a thing, like a, like a real show. Mm-hmm. Especially by the time we talked about it on one of the other ones when we got to like Sark and stuff with the mum choir and Flexcon mm-hmm. and everything. And mm-hmm. it suddenly became this like huge show. I think there's, there's musicians that I've met a few times and, and uh, quite a few uh, who are all about n- not even dre- not dressing up. We don't dress up, no, because it's all about music, pure on stage. And you're trying to explain. I, I understand for certain things, yeah, it's all right. But it's like, you've got to put the effort in when you're on stage. It's, it's like that little bit extra makes it yeah. special. Mm. Whereas, no, it's all about, it's just they should ideas, just be listening. It? It's yeah. like, if, like when you talk about our performance at Sark mm-hmm. last year, at Sark Folk Festival, we had a mum choir, which was, um, you know, which consisted of our mums joining us on stage for a couple of songs. But it was just kind of, we didn't even really think about it in a, in a, um, a theatrical kind of way it was no. just like ideas mm. that we wanted to do and it's yes. like you know if those are natural ideas that kind of form from your project yeah. and they can be kind of realised on the stage yes, yeah. then that really mm. becomes the show then doesn't yeah. it yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. similar to having like the whole thing that we've got now with like oh we've put some <clears> songs <throat> out and there's just three links on SoundCloud Yeah, and it's like great what's the artwork yeah. And okay, maybe it doesn't need it, but at the same time, having something that's got artwork that goes with it, that's got a full package, yeah, it's yeah. a full package of a thing, so yeah. it feels like something more, mm. yeah. Which is one of the reasons I still, as a bit of a old man about such things, like having CDs and records, yeah. is because I've got a thing. It comes back to branding. Yeah, Ellie, yeah. Ellie and I have been talking about branding a lot actually in our job, yeah. and. It's about kind of unpacking um, an identity and an idea, and yeah. then you, um, you know, create artwork, create ideas, yeah. um, create music. Yeah. Um, yeah. Around you're, that you're trying to encapsulate. Yeah. You're trying to encapsulate a personality or a character mm. in some mm. ways, and and I don't think you can do that just by music alone. I think that you've got to have imagery I think you've got to have a style mm. maybe a strong style it, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know all, all, all those kind of things I, yeah. I love this idea about a band needing a show some of the examples that you sort of gave um, and then suddenly as you were saying that Tom I was thinking of Radiohead yeah. performing with a little dance troupe and Tom York doing like actions it just would, it wouldn't <laughs> no, work no, exactly. it, would, it, it wouldn't work it's got to be about the personality it's got to be about the character yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing but I must say mm. cool or uncool the whole thing about you know what do we think is it cool or uncool we, we kind of talked about that last <laughs> podcast a little yeah. bit didn't we like, yeah the, the, the sort of whole what do you um, mean is it cool or uncool well, well, whether wearing stage makeup and oh, stuff is okay. cool. Or, or, or standing legs akimbo playing the guitar like that. Well, it like, has to like, feel right, you know, like yeah. in a set, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is cool where our cool and uncool, we've tried it last time. <laughs> we tried it this time, and I thought it was going to be really easy we were going to set some ground rules down and no one was going to do it it would be defined yeah. and every time we get into a debate and suddenly I can't make my mind up anymore like I had decided that anyone that wears their guitar that low should be shouldn't be doing it and suddenly I'm having doubts about it you see, have you seen, have you seen like, Rob from Metallica the one cool member of Metallica left <laughs> <laughs> 
who plays his bass around his ankles yeah. Oh, and yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it looks cool. That stance is just yeah. incredible. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. see, this is why I'm just the warrior pose, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I had to reevaluate everything I believed in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like about Caller Uncle. It's a it's a good little segment because yeah. it it really depends and it challenges yeah. people to yeah. to fight their prejudices about things. Some in some ways so yeah yeah fighting prejudice against like I'm not I'm not accepting everything just yet I mean there's a hierarchy mm. um, that's still there I mean violinists at the top and then <laughs> we'll, uh, work away bassists uh, yeah drummers uh, drummers are still higher than percussionists so uh, play the triangle definitely higher than kazoo players <laughs> no come on kazoo's pretty cool I'm not sure. Not sure. Not, not found that's a cool Kazoo on. solo, and that's mm. rad. <laughs> and then, there's our track not found mention in this podcast. <laughs> Everyone has Every got a mention. One, yeah. I spoke to um, John from Sound actually a couple of days ago, and he said to me, "By the way, um, we've been looking at this Guernsey Gigs event potentially in the future around St James." And he was talking about decor and stuff, and he looked at me and just winked. And it's like, I've been listening to the podcast all <laughs> hey. about how you create an event and yeah, yeah. the space, and then said, Oh, thanks for mentioning Chuck Not Found at the same time. And we've just done it again. And okay. we've done it again. I mean, it's the thing that you say about having a look and, and all of that. That's yeah. the thing that Track Not Found do. And it, it varies it really and it shifts, yeah. but it's, it's them. Mm. And for the Phantom Cosmonaut, it's the same thing. I, it was when I came up, because you said strong style, when yeah. I came up with that strong style rock and roll thing, I went, ah, that's the thing. Yeah. That's what it, I want to do. And it's strong style is Japanese professional wrestling. Um, is it? Is that Japanese the thing? Um, essentially, um, so New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is a company that was founded in 1972, um, Sorry, can I just point known. out, listeners, that Tom at this time has become really animated. <laughs> his, his face has lit up with joy and enthusiasm and motivation. This to is the closest to someone that wrestling. can actually talk yeah. about sport yeah. Yeah. for the first time. Oh, Which is great. I, I follow we'll you on Instagram, actually, Tom. Yeah. And you do post a lot about wrestling. Yeah, like, yeah. well, particularly the last few weeks, because yeah. I've had quite a few weeks of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but you go and see live shows. Yeah, so I've started to. You're on that level, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, but so they, they did this thing and it's so there's American pro wrestling which I think people probably know the, yeah. the rubbishy Hulk Hogan-y kind of stuff Ooh. oh, oh there's um, divides in the and which is all very looks very fake whereas Strong Style looks like it hurts a bit more okay. looks a bit more realistic it's still the same arrangement of you know who's going to win you know the main spots kind it's, of thing there's a theatric but, it, but it's still fake but it looks a lot yeah, more but yeah. people and yeah. people when they put a submission hold on, you go, that looks like that yeah. probably hurts, as yeah, opposed yeah. to just looks like two blokes sat together in the ring. And there's real blood. Oh, yeah, occasionally. Okay. <laughs> Generally, not They're intentionally athletes, these they? days. I mean, they but, are athletes. They're yeah. skilled kind of performers. So, yeah, so when I came up with the Strong Style Rock and Roll thing, I was like, oh, that works mm. for for what I want it to be, because it's that ethos of it's a, it's a real thing, mm. that, but it's got a theatricality, and yeah. obviously it's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. which is back to the Lemmy thing of people asking Lemmy, do Motorhead play heavy metal? Do they play thrash? Do they play, yeah. they, they play rock and roll? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Motorhead yeah. are a rock and roll yeah, band. Exactly. And that's, oh, so we've defined that you now. I'm glad we've managed to come to a conclusion on one thing. Uh, like, if, if Lemmy says it, then, you know. Yeah, I, pr- I wouldn't want it, to get... It's, it's the old joke of who would win in a fight between Lemmy and God. 
It's a trick question. Let me use God. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I like that. But yeah, going back to the sort of like stage image thing, like Mm. for Brunt, we don't do anything in particular. We don't even move on stage. We just stand there and play. But then with our artwork, we kind of go all out and do all the theatrics mm, and yeah. all that packaging and stuff so it's kind of a little mix of the I always yeah, thought that I, I said it a couple of years ago when I saw Brunt at Chaos and I always thought it'd be brilliant to um, put a light behind you and put a massive white sheet mm. in front so that it reflects your images so that you, you look like giants and it's all <laughs> instrumental and it's just these giants on stage and you can't see the actual mm, yeah. and just no words from the beginning to the end that is part of the we've, app though that yeah. is part yeah, of what talked, it is we've talked several times about having visuals and stuff projected and things like that and we've we've gone as far as to like play around with them and like start making stuff but it's finding the right venue that you can project because at the tab there's no backdrop no, yeah. like that. you'd have to put up a sheet in front of you and yeah, it's a lot of hassle uh, but we'd really like to do something like that. It's just, yeah. it's just actually doing it. And you did do the sun o robes thing oh, a couple yeah. of times, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, that, well, that was um, that was for uh, uh, Star Wars. So we were uh, we yeah. were supposed to be Sith Lords, but <laughs> we just looked like robed. However the hell you say that yeah, name. Yeah, I think it's just called Sun, but they just yeah. put like this the amp symbol at yeah. the end of it. Yeah, but yeah. Mm. So we mentioned your love of wrestling, Tom. Yeah. Mm. How does that equate to music for you? Do you think? Um, does, it's it's what are the parallels? The same way that you know, I said I studied drama, so it's all mm. performance and that side of things. Mm. And you know, I, I've been in musical theatre in my time. I've <laughs> been in. Uh, it's been in all sorts, you know. So it's all performance, mm. and that's kind of how I see it. Which is why mm. the Phantom Cosmonaut thing. One of the reasons coming up with the name other than because people, because Tom Gerard, this guy who works for the radio, mm. um, is because it's a character. Yeah. And yeah. when I get on stage as that, it's not me. Can you have like a mask that looks like it's... a space helmet or something? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quite funny. Well, I mean, it's the thing, like costumes wise, mm. I've got my red and black shirt, yeah. which is my old rock sock shirt, which is, you know, it's, yeah. and that's my, I don't put that on until I go on stage. Because that's my right. Here's the that's your, mm, here's, my, your here's my battle armor yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and yeah, and having the guitar that matches color wise now yeah. fits could, that. Could and that you kind also of thing. check hold Brett or something? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to hold check hold Brett. He's amazing. Mark McGalley is is very yeah. similar in his way of like you see Mark before and when you know him and um, well, when you know him, get a bit better. But when you don't, or he's, he can be very timid, very reserved, and suddenly he goes on stage and he's the crow man, and it's it's big personality, completely yeah. different. Boom, yeah. just all out jumping around. It's 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 a it's a show and a half. Yeah. Like he really he, comes alive on stage. He doesn't know how to tune a guitar, but he can sure <laughs> play on stage like that. I mean, well, that was you, a dick. Do you wasn't think it? that you would do uh, different styles of music as well? Because I suppose I like associate you with that kind of. Style of music, yeah. but would you like you said you did kind of musical theatre and yeah. stuff like that? I never really thought that you would have done that. But yeah, I mean, um, would you kind of do something? I don't know. Um, I don't like choral, for example. <laughs> he, he used I don't know to be they, a, they, uh, the Phantom Choir. 
Yeah, yeah. They, they wanted to be in the, wanted me to be in the choir when I was in sixth form at school, but I think that was more down to the fact that there was no boys in the choir, yeah. and they went, he can maybe sing, make noise at the right times. No, did you have a beard? Have you always had a beard? <laughs> Don't get sidetracked. <laughs> Sorry, but, yes. Back um, to the question. But it's just because when, when I first started doing Phantom Cosmonauts, the solo thing, it went in a really country direction for a while okay. because the a few songs I've written were kind of country songs. Yeah, I remember um, you singing Jolene. Yeah, oh, I still yeah. do. Yeah, we still yeah. do Jolene. Great. But, um, have you heard? Sorry, it was. Sorry to interrupt. Have yeah. you heard the slow down Jolene? Oh yes. Is that yeah. the White Stripes one? Like, no, or no, the no, original no, no. slow it, down? It's the original just played. Like if you buy the, yeah. the um at the, the instead of forty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It I sounds th- yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really dark. It's way better than the original. In my opinion. In your opinion. But yeah, it's just, you know, in my attempts at writing stuff, mm. which are somewhat few and far between, it's just whatever comes out is what comes out. And that's, yeah. you know, now, if it fits the Phantom Cosmonaut thing, they will go in there. If it doesn't, well, it's something else. Um, in terms of doing other stuff, I don't know. I'm not so into the drama side of performance these days anymore, just because there's not really anywhere that fits what I would want to do over mm-hmm. here. So You've talked about writing. You've talked about Tuesday nights at university. Mm-hmm. It's weird Tuesday night thing. There's yeah. a real Tuesday night buzz with the Unplugged Club going on. Yeah. Um, have you thought about, and maybe this applies to you as well, really, have you thought about writing a song for the Mental Health Project, the album, the compilation album? Because at the Unplug, uh, the Unplug event, Club, I think, coming up doing it for next, next month, Tuesday yeah. of the month, there's a theme about writing a song for mental health that m- may be included in the compilation album called Out of the Box. I hate to think how inappropriate what I might come up with would be. Oh. <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's got to be... Sort of like, um, it, like whatever you feel is relatable to mental health, yeah. I think that's like appropriate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of it people really have is. different emotions about it. Yeah, totally. You know? I think it's about being true, isn't it? About mm. being true to what you say or what you feel. Mm. And to hide that, or to, or to, yeah. to not write something because you feel that it it might not be right or something. I think just write it, just get it out. It's, it shouldn't it's a good be, way of doing it. It should be forced if it comes to you. Yeah. I mean, it's a very broad subject. I mean, it's about all songs are about mental health to a certain extent. Nice, sure, yeah. getting them nice, out of your head. Nice, <laughs> nicely put. Absolutely, communication. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, I need to write more, really. Um, but I think the unplugged club. Um, I've been really impressed with how many people actually have been writing for it. Yeah, it's great. It was amazing really to idea. see last time, you know, a lot of kind of original material yeah. being written for it. Uh-huh. And it's the kind of deadline that people need, isn't it? Yeah. To, like, have a little bit of focus. and. It's good to I felt so embarrassed last time about not having the time to mm. write one. Mm. <laughs> and then when you see other people that have managed to do it and... Especially as I host it, it feels even worse. And you get up and it's like, hadn't oh, done your I homework. Have, I hadn't done my homework. You hadn't done, done the done homework my... that you set yourself. It's all right. It's I mean, I think that you've created... Yeah, exactly. You've created a forum and <laughs> I think that's the value. Um, but it is know, nice. There's a lot of stuff to do. You've got to put chairs I out. Think... You know. <laughs> <laughs> God knows what he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. does. I like the the one before we did. I don't know if we talked about it in the last one, but I thought it was really cool because we did the trains on the first one and that theme and I couldn't write anything and suddenly I was like, oh, it's coming up tonight. And then I wrote a song about two hours before we were going. Did you only write two hours beforehand? Yeah. 
and I wrote the song <laughs> out and it just suddenly came out and it's really good and, there, and I because there was a theme because there was something written around it mm. there was a couple of couple of lyrics I wasn't happy with but there was a couple where I was like that is a really good lyric mm. that's really nice I really like that and I probably never would have come up with that lyric because I probably never would have written a song about trains. Yeah, like who... Yeah, totally. It's a brief... It would have been like a folk singer. Because like, it's there... songs about trains. Yeah, and I've avoided them like the plague. Being a folk singer, <laughs> yeah. it's like, not another train song. Yeah, exactly. Because you do it and then you write it and you try and find something different and suddenly something slipped in and it's like, that's a great lyric. I've, yeah. I've got to keep that for another song. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's having that writing and forcing yourself to do it. Um, is, is a good thing because you just got to write. That's mm. the best way to learn how to write, isn't it? Just to write. I think that's. Yeah. Really, I mean, Elliot and I um, work in advertising, obviously, so we, we react to briefs a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there is a kind of romantic myth, I suppose, about musicians that, or artists generally, that things just come to them. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Inspiration yeah. is just there. Bullshit. But you have to kind of force yourself to be creative, and being creative is actually a very kind of prosaic process as yeah. well I mean true. if you don't um, exercise that muscle then yeah it, it fatigues you know you, you've got to actually do it mm. often otherwise you mm. won't keep it up and that brief is really good mm. like, it's having a deadline isn't it yeah. so it's about having having a focus a deadline um we were talking just before we started recording, Tom, weren't we, about about interviewing, when Ooh. you're interviewing somebody, do you want to have all the questions laid out and give them the questions so they can prepare an answer? No. It's much better to just present the theme, the idea, there and then, and then somebody has to very quickly work to that deadline, oh, yeah. have to work to that oh, question. Yeah. And that brings out a real natural spontaneity, yeah. a real kind of cathartic... I think being able to make up stuff very that quickly, really it, good, it yeah. actually it generates I've a written lot. songs whilst doing shows, <laughs> like live shows, especially when I was in France, and it was so much easier because not everyone spoke English. <laughs> so suddenly I'm into an hour into the show and I've still got another hour to do, so I've just got to start making stuff up. <laughs> and then the problem is when you go out and someone's, I really like that song you did earlier. What, what was that? I, I don't know. <laughs> just made it up on the spot quickly yeah, to sort of get through it, especially at the beginning jamming. when... That's what, yeah. that's what the jam lines were about. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it was to try and get through so I could still get paid that's, but didn't have enough repertoire quite yet. Yeah, that's the even more pressure. Like yeah, getting get used to it. And it's... It. It's it's once you get used to it, it's kind of fine. You get yeah. you learn all the little tricks of being able to sort of smooth things over, smooth things yeah. over, and blur the words in the right place so okay. that it sounds like you're saying something really interesting, but actually you're not saying anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 that um, it's the show. It's, it's it? like having <laughs> exactly. a theme as well. It's like it's starting with a blank page or starting with the first paragraph already written. You know, yeah, it's like. Yeah. Actually it's, having it's, something to write to, actually having like a, a an idea mm. on the page before you start. It's you less know? intimidating. Yeah, it absolutely. It leads you in. And it's really nice to have that non-judgmental <clears throat> space, I think, to, mm. you know, be able to play and people can make mistakes and it can be mm. a yeah. first draft, but it still kind of keeps you going. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the jam night, uh, Gregory. Tom, what yes. do you think of the jam night? <laughs> They've been really cool so far. Mm. Not fun. Yeah, not my kind of thing to get up and play at yet. But you don't, you don't oh, feel, I like the I way mean, you yet. I, I think that's I, really I, good. There's always a yet. A lot of people don't feel confident jamming. <laughs> I think it's until really you do scary. It. Yeah. You, there's a whole thing, of, like I said, about how I play, which is, you know, 
three chords and some shouting. Now, I really don't feel I stretch much beyond that. Three but, chords so, and the truth. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's the one. But, but like, <laughs> you keep that one. Three chords and the truth. That's a yeah. hashtag. Yeah. 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 Um, but but if you get up on stage and you start the three chords, then everyone has to play one to you. That is the great thing about it. Like whoever yeah, whoever's true. less confident, like yeah. they should be the one that leads. You know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what jamming's about. Is following each other and, and I get terrified of like knowing and... how to change them. yeah how do you move it on I don't I love the jams have just been the same three chords yeah. 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 I think yeah. the only time you start moving on is really when you've been doing it with the with the same people mm. and you do it a lot I mean Brunt started like that for you you were saying how you just jammed and I remember my first band that's all we did yeah we just but every Saturday we and were there and we were two and sometimes on the Wednesday when we could squeeze it in and then on the Friday squeeze it in and we just sit in the room and we just play and play and play and then you can see when you're going to change and you can yeah, indicate yeah. You get and that's when you other. start developing yeah. but the first core of just um, just playing three, just play three chords and just play yeah. them over and over and yeah. then when everyone's not happy just close it all down it doesn't and, have to have a finale yeah, yeah. Graham for, for instance is very good because on, the, on the drums like uh you sort of naturally lead into another verse or a chorus or that there becomes a change because you build up and then the mm. drummer will build it down they have a bit of a break and then it will go into the next three chords and then you'll get the next section going and you know it's, as it's, a drummer we don't have many tools no, at our disposal to to create tempo. an emotional kind of yeah. response so, so there are many chords and notes in the repertoire of, of music but drummers have they have tempo mm. which is powerful by itself because mm. you can start very slow and you can build to go really fast and everyone knows well, that experience of, of listening well, to a band that you kind of get faster and faster and faster you yeah. feel you get mm. faster so they have that dynamic of playing with mm. tempo so and then you have obviously volume mm. uh, and that that can be very powerful as well so going really really quiet uh, I remember that that the song that ukuleles did, Storm, which is mm. which is really quiet, moody song. So you've got tempo and you've got um, volume, yeah. and you've got volume, and then you've got those sort of dynamics of, you know, when you can go to a chorus type thing by just going to the ride symbol or something like that, or just quickening the tempo slightly. So other musicians, if they're tuned in, mm. and it is about tuning mm. in mm. to what each other are doing. Um, it's about that communication between the band, listening to each other and giving each other space. I think that's a that's a really powerful tool. Mm. Uh, and then there's obviously like time signature. And yeah. so if if yeah. you play in a three, four, or a six, eight, that sort of waltz beat, mm. it puts you into frame, doesn't it? It puts mm. you into way of thinking mm. that you kind of go it's a, a bit. Language, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's an amazing I'm, I'm skill sorry. to have that kind of jamming ability. Yeah, yeah. And it's a it's a you know, a hump, I think, that you've kind of got to get over. Yeah. And, you know, Greg, you say, um, you know, often that Jersey Bob really taught you how to how to jam, really. Yeah. He just basically said, get up and play some violin. Yeah, he taught me how to improvise pretty quick. Mm. I didn't jam before, and I turned up to a gig in Dino, and it was my Uncle Keith who had said, wow. I've got a mate round. He's, he plays those Bob Dylan stuff. He needs someone. You play fiddle. Just turn up with your fiddle. And I was a bit like, uh, I'm not really sure about this. Uh, I was like playing classical. And I was playing at home. I was playing fiddle stuff at home and, and learning it and playing guitar and stuff. And yeah. I was playing you were in just bands, fiddling but at home. Wasn't, I was just fiddling at home in my bedroom on my yeah, own. Let's not go there. And I thought, oh, just bring it along. Let's see what happens. And I turned up and he was still playing a song at the time. And he looked over and said, 
oh, you're the get your fiddle out. And everyone's now looking, so you're so pressured that suddenly I got it out and I started playing and we did like two, three songs. And then I get onto this bit where he gets me into the solo and I'm sort of keeping the jig and he's just like, keep that going, keep that going, keep that going. And then he puts his guitar down and goes to the bar <laughs> and left me to... Con- and I'm like, ah, ah. And it. like the, it just sunk everything inside me sunk and it, and it was this amazing it was it felt horrible but it felt also amazing yeah. and suddenly I've got to play something and I filled it in and then he came back and we played and it was it was amazing and after it that did we a little bit of weed come out yeah maybe a little bit might have come out at that point I was petrified I don't think I've ever been that there's moments, but it's once you've done it and you get over it, after that, it's fine. And I'm playing loads of other things. And, and now that's all I do. Like on the violin, I yeah. don't do any um, stuff. I only do improvisation because I find it so much more fun like that. It's just being pushed over the edge, isn't it? It's just yeah, that, yeah, definitely. So, so, Tom, is, is, <laughs> yeah. is this inspiring you? <laughs> Sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> really We've talked but about how anxiety and, yeah. and that terrible thing creates uh, creates action. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, anger is an energy. So, anxiety so is a creation. Chords with a good drummer, um, you can build it up and then you can slow it down. And yeah. Then yeah. You play maybe I'm sure you've jammed with Brett, surely. Yeah. Not sure. masses. No, you yeah. don't really do the jamming thing so, so much. So how, how do you write then? Um, I, for the one song we've got, I wrote it. <laughs> and was, and then we Did played you give him it sheet music worked. then? No, no, okay. just played it and he played along and it worked and it was, okay. that was fine. Cool. Um, so I kind of, well, I mean, there's a couple that we've done that haven't worked. So it's, you know, it's that, that's the thing is yeah. if we both get it, we both get it. Mm. You can also like get up on stage and play the chords to a song you know, and then but but like yes. but then other people might not know that yeah, song, yeah. and then they'll just they'll take it in a different yeah. direction. Like yeah, it's true. I, I've I've mm. seen a couple of people do that, and I'm like, oh, I recognise that, and then there's so, like suddenly the bass will kick in, the drums will kick in, and it's like, oh, no, no, I don't recognise that at all. <laughs> so you. What do you think of the Guernsey music scene at the moment? And, and in the last the few years, it's, it's quite everyone. a big question. <laughs> like you go to so many gigs mm. and you see a lot of a lot of the scene and what's been going through. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit before briefly, and I talked about uh, Buffalo Huddleston and stuff, and I thought it was brilliant the way the sort of it's increased and, and the quality has got better yeah. over the reach, last few years and I just want to think what do you think about it at, at the moment and do you think there's there's stuff that we could do to be able to get more on the on the on the UK scene or or, or sort of sh- showcase a little bit the, the stuff that Guernsey does really like artistically yeah god that's a Cause very, we very yeah. bit that, like 12 like, questions yeah, in yeah, one yeah. <laughs> basically I mean we've got some of the best bands in the world in Guernsey really I mean Tantau Brandt Barrett oh, and they're way better than all the other English bands please Gregory Harrison duo Gregory Harrison solo Gregory Harrison trio Gregory Harrison quartet you know and Chuck Not Found and Chuck Not Found <laughs> but um, yeah just sort of um, where you feel it's where it's at at the moment like um, what can we do to improve it or any, I mean, any ideas with kind of where it's at it's it's from what I've seen of you know being massively into it for what, 12 years nearly mm. wow. it's a scary amount of time <laughs> it does kind of it comes in waves and you get little mm. mini scenes within the scene mm. existing mm. like when i first That's started when i first started there was 
The Golden Lion was the slightly older bands and the slightly more yeah. still original stuff, but mm. more straightforward, rocky stuff. Yeah. So you had either the younger end of that was like Third Time Lucky, who were quite pop rock, yeah. or you had the Generators doing more, but they were doing like, I guess the Delarue as well, probably, but yeah. the, the old Lion, as it was. Yeah, um, before they went karaoke. Yeah. yeah. So go on, you, yeah. Yeah, tell us more about these and little then, subcultures. Well, so you kind of had that, and then you had the kind of metal-y scene, which was like a bit of emo through to death metal, but the stuff that wasn't the... Stuff that would generally get listened to in a pub, which existed. I mean, at the time, like I said before, it was at the the St Margaret's Lodge and mm. um, places like that. And then that became kind of the Lancrest Lodge yeah, scene Lancrest, for a yeah. time while that existed. And that's always had the thing of having to have a venue that you can do it at because you can't go into a pub on a Saturday night no. and do three death hours metal. of death metal. Yeah. Much as I think it would be brilliant. Yeah. It generally doesn't go down too well, I don't You think. say that. You say yeah. that. Um, Pagan Sorrows, the, yeah. my brother's death metal band, played in uh, um, Peaches or whatever that was oh, called. Pe- Peaches was one of the other venues kind of in that scene where you could just do anything. What's it called now? Fusion? Oh, no, no. Pe- it- Peaches... Oh no, God! Peaches was the one under the OGH. I'm thinking of a different one. Do you think we need a new venue where we can play three hours of heavy metal? I want to get back to this. I want to get back to this. It's a really good summary of the local scene. Yeah. So I mean, you had the so there was the Lancrest Lodge thing, and then there was still the other bands playing in town, and it would cross over to a degree, but it was it did feel like two different things. And then the Lancrest Lodge closed, but Mark carried it on with his Rock of Ages stuff, yeah. which mm. was essentially doing those bands and just trying Got to find somewhere for them to play. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the Performing Arts Centre originally, which was a bizarre place to do gigs because yeah. the bar's outside and it's huge. And, you know, and then became the Carlton, the back room up there. Mm. Um, and But since that's happened, the kind of the whole scene has sort of shifted a bit. And you've got now less, I think, of that really heavy stuff yeah. in terms of there's not the number of bands doing it. There's I mean, still, there's there's still, still quite a few, but it's it not has the, down, same, like, the same way. So what's shifted, do you think? What, is that because <laughs> the there, there's not the heavy... Because yeah. there are the heavy bands out there, but they're yeah. not, they're not, it's not as, as active. Yeah, but, but then the other bands... Like back then, there wasn't, I don't think, anyone who was like a Buffalo Huddleston who mm. you could put on and would absolutely ram a pub completely. It was like, mm. yeah. you know, that you'd get busy gigs, but I don't think you get ones quite there, like there that. There wasn't as much sort of palatable pop, pop yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Or people didn't to... perceive it as Massive. being that. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. probably was something, Yeah. but people didn't go out of their way to see it. And Do it, you think yeah. that's because you know. more people go out to see music now then? That there's kind of... Or it, and also, oh, is um, is it more accessible? And and also, is is Guernsey reflective of a UK culture, music culture, or is it is a bubble <laughs> of its own? That's or? a really good question. I think it's kind That's of its, its own weird little bubble mm. because mm. there is stuff over here. Like I know from when we sent stuff over to um, Radio Devon for introducing, there was always a bit of a this is nothing like anything we've got going on in Devon at the moment. Yeah. And, yeah, they, they've got some really good stuff. But, but they, might, they might have a, a show that was all acoustic-y, folky stuff that week, and I'd send over Byzantine Neckbeard. And they're like, <laughs> well, we've not got anything like Neckbeard 
anywhere around yeah. here because there's not people doing it or if they are doing it they're not engaged in the same way with there's, that with the introducing yeah, yeah. so okay. from, you know, from, my, from my experience as well there's like um, in the UK there's scenes for specific genres yeah. of music whereas yeah. in Guernsey everyone is in, yeah. includes yeah. each other in each, any, any music like because you'll go to a heavy metal gig or an acoustic gig or a rope gig or come down, down to the size yeah. of it as yeah. well yeah, yeah, it's yeah, such because it's such a small place to, and, and yeah, everything's sort which, of t- which, the music scene is a tight knit. Which is scene great because I think right. a lot more like of those subgenres like merge with each other and you get more more interesting music. Yeah. I and mean, that's how it happens. If you don't, have I mean, those, that's why we get the best bands. Like, for instance, in, if you didn't merge like heavy metal with rap, you would never have like bands like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also, know? you'd not have Limp Bizkit. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, that's- <laughs> 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 call or not call next episode oh, tune right. in yeah. but do you think that there are kind of cross genre collaborations in Guernsey I mean like the theory is because there's so many different genres mashed into such a small community do you do we have those cross cross genres in, in some ways yeah because like Buffalo Hudson is a mix of like folk pop stuff with rap because yeah that, that mm. isn't mm. and the classical side that Sarah Van Vlyman and, and yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah there's a lot of different like there, there's, there does still seem to be divisions within yeah. the scene yeah. here though so there are like the people that will go and see Lord Vapor and Brunt and that kind of thing but yeah. wouldn't dream yeah. of going to see you know, mm. other stuff mm. and probably vice versa of yeah. course and you know to some degree that's just musical taste yeah, because yeah, of course. you're not going to pay a fiver to go to a gig that Banty don't like. like yeah, you know, I get that. Oh, which is what right. about the jam night actually? Is that yeah. Yeah. you see really random people yeah. Yeah. singing that, that, that is well, one of the reasons. That I, was part I, of the reason I really for like it. the yeah. idea of it because it gets like you know a heavy metal yeah. guitarist on stage with like a jazz drummer. I have to say, I have to say that there's a really good um, a venue that we haven't mentioned, which is actually a really interesting venue, is the Vault. Yeah, yes, and yeah. I, yeah. I I yeah. say that because it. We were talking about the popular bands and the crossover and, mm. and, and getting people that are not particularly into a particular genre of music. But just your average Joe or Josephine who yeah. happens to be walking through town who's not particularly engaged in a particular music style but enjoys music and they yeah. happen to wander into yeah, a live music venue whether it's the Delarue yeah. or the Vault or something yeah. like that and they may stay for one drink because they're out with their mates or yeah. it's a party, it's a hen party or a stag or something and they're passing through essentially they're just passing through the vault's particularly good with that because they will do a cross section of music as much as possible Mm. they do not say we're just a tribute band kind of place like some Mm. other venues um and people will just pop in and they will stay for one drink and they will enjoy the band for that moment and that's what music's about it's about that yeah. moment mm. and then they'll move on and I love that about the vault I, I think, think that's, that's great all the Delarue or places I like think that, you can see it so with if you go down to the open mic on Thursdays and yeah that's great you you've got two different I think the tab can sometimes be the Fermain Tavern can be Almost sort of the music, a lot more of the sort of original artists up there tend to be. It's a bit more showcasey, isn't but it's, it? And it's a bit more the people who are really into um, their music. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, a, it's our real venue. It's our only real big venue in that sense. Mm. Well, it's, we've got St. James stuff, but for, for rock bands and things. And then you've got other places, a couple of bars that only put on cover bands. And you go on the Thursday night with the open mic and you've got 
the blend of the two. Mm. You've got the people that go to the tab that play in original bands that are down there playing their amazing music, and you've got also these people that do a lot of tribute or cover or whatever, or just just random people who yeah. who just play in their bedroom. And it's quite nice in the vault. Unlike you can see that it's separated in different pubs, but the vault seems to always have a mix of both and that sort of talk to each other as well. You could, if you yeah. go to some of the other open mics, sometimes the room seems a little bit separated or into teams. As a vault, I think maybe because it's quite small as yeah. well, that helps. Yeah, and everyone kind of knows each other and gets on. There's a nice, there's a really nice atmosphere. So, so that, that the, the vault was what, the open mic on the Thursday is what inspired me to come up with the idea for the jam nights. Because mm. well, well, we played down there, yeah, Jaren, yeah. So, so like because they have a full drum kit, a guitar and bass, like anyone can get up and just play. And so it started off with um, I went down there with with my band, with my brother and 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 Ava. We sat and uh, we were just like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll play. We'll just have a bit of a jam on 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 stage. And then like uh, someone kind of came up and said, oh, I want to play. So like. Ave gave up his guitar and then Lynchy got up on stage mm. and started playing like a couple of songs with Lynchy and then my brother got off the drum kit and someone else jumped up on stage and then Joe jumped up on the bass and then it just all mixed around and I was like wow mm. this is really cool like just like there was just constant really good music coming out from that stage and I was like we've got to kind of make this into a thing and like yeah. engineer it a little bit so mm. the it, an organised thing yeah so I think when we talked about the jam night that was one important thing is I've been to a lot of jams, disorganized jams, and yeah. and it can turn into a, mm-hmm. it yeah. can turn into absolute hell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's there's somewhere, someone I've been to a, a couple of jams, and one in particular I remember is one guy who was just playing his own tune whilst everyone else is grooving and just playing all the way through, <laughs> guitar playing the whole completely different song. He's still playing, and the singer just turned around. And, unplugged his jack <laughs> and for the next three quarters of an hour he's still playing his own tune but he's not plugged in at all and everyone else is just going for it and they're playing great and they're really enjoying it but this guy's on the side of the stage and looking at them as if like he's doing something <laughs> he's playing his own tune it just goes to show that he wasn't listening he, he wasn't listening at all well, that is what like you, that's what the, the jam night like, we try to encourage is for people to actually learn to jam and listen to each other and to yeah like tune into each other because if you don't do that then you're not um mm. it, i hope you're taking notes tom <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, the thing you're saying about the vault being really good because people passing trade kind of thing just yes. going in and seeing something that's almost takes it back to that thing of a band having a uh, something more than just the music maybe yes. because mm. i mean if it's engaging yeah because mm. i mean static alice are a band who some people seem to really like, some people seem to not like, and I, I happen to really like them. But um, it's they've got a thing that if you see them, if you just mm-hmm. see one song, when you go away from that the next day, you might think, we saw that band last night, who were they? Yes. They're the one with the singer that has a look. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you can Stands easily out. find that look. Yeah. Whereas whereas that microphone you, with the... the, the, yeah. the Whereas if you see thing and the, three blokes in jeans and t-shirts on yeah. stage, you go, who is that band? They were... Three, I get that a lot, like people saying, do you play music? I don't know. You know. Who are you? And it's like, yeah, you know, totally. it, like I say, it doesn't suit all bands, Yeah, but it would help. And there's, that, I think... It's about personality. Yeah, yeah, and it's mm. a big thing, I think, over here with the scene of mm. the bands that seem to have uh, obvious something are the ones that do well. Succeed, yeah. You know, Buffalo Huddleston, we were saying, they do well. They've got... 
they're the band with the rapping bloke. Yeah. They've got the, the violin girls. Yeah. They've got the Mike playing the didgeridoo. Yeah. They've yeah. got, you know. And they played they something that was so specific to the island. Yeah. They yeah. played stuff that really related to, yeah. to Guernsey folk Set as a whole. Beach. Watching the sun yeah. go down. Watching sunsets. It was like this um, whole... I it must felt... say the spliffs weren't explicit. Uh, I I know. Know. Smoking, yeah. just things. It's, yeah. it's yeah. a real Guernsey smoking. band. Smoking. Like, they <laughs> felt like they were representing what it was like living yeah. in Guernsey, which I think a lot of bands have done to their... A lot of bands that sort of made it were, were reflecting the people that they were around, and that's what people sort of pick up on them, and, and yeah. uh, they definitely did that. Yeah. Honest Crooks um, are another one that do that. They've Honest got, Crooks. You know, they're... Mm. Do, they're sort of exploding at the minute to a uh, yeah, like, I saw them the other night um, was it for it was a birthday party Ratten yeah at the tab I hadn't heard them since they had the new saxophone player oh, the yeah. key player amazing yeah. they were so out of this world yeah, so they yeah, were brilliant they were the best band I've seen in a long time but they've got really like a couple of songs that there's one that's like about summer in Guernsey and going to chaos and going yeah. to the earth fair and that kind of thing and instantly for people who are into music already you go well yeah I know what this is about yeah, yeah. So, it's an association. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Nemesis who writes songs about <laughs> <laughs> slaying dragons and yeah. the like. No, yeah. they had that, um, we can all relate to that. It's unbelievable that people don't like meta. It's inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> Not to hear the guitar. Maybe one of the themes for the Unplugged Club should be home or Guernsey. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. That's a great um, idea. Yeah. The Space Pirates would be another one on that. All of their songs pretty much. They're following as well. Yeah. Are the same, and you can hear it, and they 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 get into the song and they laugh because they relate to it because yeah, they know yeah. about what they're talking about yeah. in their songs. I suppose some people wouldn't notice that if they were listening from the UK or something. They they, yeah. they wouldn't necessarily know all those a bit, but it would be the same any place yeah. you are. The yeah. Winchester Longfury and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but there's still some they of them that have it, like real yeah. songs mm. that even if you might not know about it if you know about it it makes it even better but yeah, some yeah. have just got those extra catchy bit which you could see anywhere you could still listen mm. to it and it's still special and it's a good tune it's I'm, catchy and I don't, don't Nickbeard have locally based songs as well um, I think one of their songs is about like a local sort of like I don't know they've got the one the ganch yeah, is it something yeah. to do with seaweed or yeah, something some sort of like seaweed yeah. monster so to be, yeah. to be a successful a band in Guernsey what we essentially need is I mean, the like songs right about songs about Guernsey, Guernsey. yeah. Have, have a and, and we need to live that. Have as well. a show. So, so we yeah. all need to smell of seaweed. Or we need to smell of seaweed. So we could come dressed yeah. in seaweed. Yeah, that's a, that's a good smell as a show. That's a great. So we got smell. both smell and show. Yeah, or just weed. We sing songs <laughs> about Guernsey. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Songs insulting Jersey. Is that yeah. is that, oh, that yeah. one? Yeah, but then you, you can't think, play Jersey. Yeah, you can't play Jersey, yeah. which is another. Do you think season. that we should start singing? Uh, so local bands, Guernsey gigs, bands should start singing in a Guernsey accent, eh? <laughs> oh, or, in, or in Guernsey French. Yeah. Oh, that, that, oh well, we did. Mm, oh, God. There was a Guernsey there. French product. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a few was, years uh, ago. Pushang, wasn't it? Like, yeah, no, a few years ago. Well, I, know, I know we <laughs> spoke to um, the. Uh, the language commission as it is now but I think before it was what it is now about getting some Guernsey bands to enter the I think it's called the Minority Languages Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> which is wow. basically nice. so there's, there's Eurovision that we all see on TV and there's another version of it which is specifically <laughs> about 
these like tiny <laughs> local languages, local languages mm. that not many people speak but mm. I don't think we ever got very far with it because it that's was, a great it idea. was the thing of mm. like well I think at the time we were talking to one of the guys from Gay Army or something about it and it was like can you translate a Gay Army song into Guernsey French and still make it yeah be the same there you know that but Guernsey of, French like, is just saying at the end of everything isn't it <laughs> Before I moved to, to Guernsey, at the time I was moving over about five, six years ago, something like that, and Jersey did actually quite a big effort into mm. that, and they had Kit Ashton, um, uh, who put together the band Bad La Beck. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And who wrote a whole album, um, and he... What, in Jersey is? In Jersey is, yeah, and he was a... Yeah. Is it? I can't remember where he's from. He's from England. Didn't speak a, speak the language at all. Had to learn it. Wrote an album. They com- they made this whole album. Amazing, actually. It was yeah. It's really I mean, and um, some of the songs. Really. Joe Dowding does a, a does a project, a yeah. French project. Mm. So um, and I think actually Andy mm. uh, recorded. Yeah, I think there's a few. Is Joe looking for musicians to contribute songs in Um, in Guernsey French? I'm not sure where the project is at, but Mm. she's obviously involved very much in uh, reinvigorating the language. Yeah, because they have... Along with James. Yeah, I've heard James James do a few songs in Guernsey French, they've been really good. Um, The ukuleles have written in Guernsey French as well and I think that was a song that went towards the Guernsey French song project are those songs available on Bandcamp or to um, download or I know that they were recorded we so. know that they were recorded available sometime <laughs> somewhere Andy, your somewhere. other counterpart your yeah. other Guernsey gigs counterpart yeah. recorded them Oh, wow. Um, So they are somewhere, so we'll link them up. Mm. That'd be great. Mm. Yeah, that'd be nice to see where that Talking of speaking, um, and I know we're coming towards the end of the podcast. Yeah. Time is ticking by. Um, Tom, I wanted to ask you about your radio voice. (laughs) Because, you know, we're talking about that before, a little bit before we started recording. So did you uh, develop your uh, radio voice uh, to speak to people uh, on the radio? And if so, what is it? I try not to. I try just to be me. I know it's probably not exactly that. I try not to be me. Occasionally, there are partridgey moments (laughs) when when you back announce a song and realise, oh, that was so local radio. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah. Is the secret when you lean closely into the microphone and speak a little bit like this? Probably. I I do that quite a bit. After, bizarrely, after seeing Zane Lowe, who literally has the mic right in his face when he's talking I started doing that more because I was like well <laughs> if it's good enough for Zane yeah. let's be honest <laughs> um, but, it, it also isolates yeah. you a bit more so that you're yeah, yeah. sounding like you're shouting in a room in a massive room oh, yeah. yeah especially so, when you're recording on your own yeah. you just sort of lean in for a bit of fun <laughs> and put the reverb up really high <laughs> so you were saying that some phrases that you yeah, have to say when you're announcing things so there's Couple, everyone will hear it now when they, if they listen. But, um, we invite you to the, listen. Uh, the end of a section of the show where I'm going to play a trail for another program or a jingle or something, I'll normally back an back anno announce the name of the track. So do that was yeah what was it? And that was back Blackbeard by Brunt here on BBC introducing in Guernsey, and that's because it's such a. Yeah. kind of obvious phrase that then I hit play on the next thing which is a advert or something for the, another show and quite often my brain just goes insane in a weird yeah. way and it's really strange because 
why would you? It's yeah. not something you would ever do normally. Yeah, yeah. But there must just be a subconscious thing of having listened to the radio growing up. Yes. That it's just in there. Yeah. Could you? That's interesting. Possibly it's like a template on, in yeah. some ways. On your next show, <laughs> do one bit where you put on your best radio voice <laughs> and we'll see if we can <laughs> see it in <laughs> the show <laughs> on the next one. If it's actually obvious to anyone spot else. It. Yeah. See which one you introduce in I'll full just, radio oh, voice. Please entertain us well with that. I'm sure the listeners oh, would love to hear that. Geez. Just the one, and then we have to pick it out. I think I probably did it more on the few occasions that I've done mainstream radio shows. So when I sat in for John Randall a few times. I'm sure I did it more there because that got to a, and also it got to a point of running out of music <laughs> at which point you're not thinking about what you're yeah. talking about you're <laughs> yeah. trying to think about what you're going to do yeah, next i think and we so have to it make it kind in. of clear as well for those people that may be listening in isolation of the guernsey gig scene is not knowing what you do is that mm. you do do a monthly show that's yeah. available yeah. on bbc Radio, do you want to? Yeah, so um, last Saturday of every month, it's BBC introducing Guernsey, and it's available on the iPlayer pretty much all the time because that has a yeah. Because I've listened to it bizarrely in Los Angeles in the past wow. to check it was going to check the broadcast was working. Oh, you weren't showing it to all your friends? No, there, no, no, I was just like I Listen was on to holiday. My radio voice. And I'd, re- <laughs> I'd recorded the show two weeks ahead of time yeah. to completely destroy any myth it might be live, which there isn't anyway. But um, <laughs> And so when I was on holiday, I was like, I'm just going to check that that's actually working and works out the time difference. And was like, oh yeah, there it is. And listening to myself on my phone from the other side of the world (laughs) is even more bizarre (laughs) than just doing it from home. strange. I've got a request. Can you swear on our podcast? Like, you're just the one swear you've always wanted to say on the radio. Oh, this is a boat that rocks, oh. my man. Yeah, come on. I don't... <laughs> Why? Why, Elliot? Just, just because we're allowed to swear, we're allowed to say fuck or bugger. You, you also have to choose your favourite swear word, Naomi. Oh, uh, can I suggest something? As we're wrapping swear. up this podcast, can I suggest something that we all say a little bit about uh, in our best radio voice, so I want you to think of your best radio voice, okay, and say... Um, Thank you and goodbye, maybe, and it's a short phrase about how you've you found this uh, podcast really, and, really and say goodbye. We do have to say that we are going for Rackletter in a minute. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we need sure. to, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm just saying. Are there and, any other questions that anyone wants to ask Tom? Or Mimi. Oh, right. The, course, um, yeah. <laughs> does does, um, does cock juggling thunder cunt do? Anything better? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, absolutely amazing. Wildest imagination. Can we just sample that and play that yeah. on like a yeah, loop? That's going to be the shortest. That will be our buzzer every time to... someone says a bad joke. <laughs> We're just going to repeat it. Um, the the one last question is: um, what are, what songs are on your guilty pleasures playlist? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm never going to give you up. I kind of <laughs> I don't, I don't know about the guilty pleasures thing because if I like something, I just like it. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah that's really... totally acceptable yeah. I don't really okay, so what, care what do you think other people would think oh my yeah, god if, if we Tom did the real iPod and scrolled through it what would we be shocked by I don't know really um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I always I guess the, going back to the stuff like the Bon Jovi and the Meatloaf that I listened to <laughs> way back <laughs> when yeah. is yeah. stuff that isn't in any way shape go or form go on then cool. choose one song but there go on um I guess if Meatloaf 
would be okay. Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which is an amazing song. Yeah. And I have done solo at a karaoke in the past, despite, oh, no. it, despite it being a song nice. for two people. <laughs> do you put on two voices as well to do both parts? To, God knows if Brilliant. it works. Brilliant. You heard it here on the Guernsey Geeks podcast. Yeah. Tom Jordan spilling his guts. Oh, amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> so, That's really but cool. yeah, stuff on my iPod ranges for all sorts. There's the first Eminem albums on there. Yeah. Oh, That's yes. That's cool. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, tasty yeah, you know, yeah. um, yeah. Good musician. Yeah. It's a good musician. So, all in yeah. agreement there on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mimi, Mimi, how about your guilty pleasure? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's very sexy. Um, <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Come on. That's really put me on the spot. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Guilty pleasures. Yeah. What um, song? Now we're all thinking. We imagined you. <laughs> I dan- know. Dancing I know around the bedroom know, yeah. with that hairbrush in hand, singing along, and those private moments. No one else is watching. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I don't know. Back at you, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I'd say. Uh, no. Oh my god! Uh, anything from Phil Collins's first album? <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. Oh, god. The ongoing yeah, Phil Collins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd say well, like one di- of the instrumental tracks. I'll be air drumming. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I think say things like Dire Straits and stuff, but yeah. Dire Straits are still cool. Right, cool. Aren't they? Yeah, I'm afraid yeah. so. No. It's okay. It's all right. It's I definitely have Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah. I was never gonna miss the thing. Yeah. Oh, Oh, oh god, every time it comes on. Little especially singles. that key change at one moment. <laughs> oh that, no. that is is regularly listen to that. Yeah. I can attest to that. I can attest to that. Elliot. Um I like a lot of Dream Pop. That's a yeah. Ooh. Go on then. An artist song. Like Cockatoo Twins or however you pronounce that. Cockatoo twins. I've never heard anyone pronounce it to me, so I'm just guessing as a dyslexic person. Um, and also like uh, has, if you watch the seventy that seventy show, Neil Cicada, Bad Blood, where they were in the car singing Bad Blood, that's absolutely amazing. And that is regularly on my on my oh, Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so let's round this up, shall let's we? Let's round this right. up with the, right. yeah. with the radio round. Radio okay, so Tom, <laughs> I'm, I'm That's a new feature. as guest, you have to say thank you and goodbye in your best okay. radio voice. And My best include radio a swear voice. word, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> so something along the lines of, uh, well, thank you very much for listening tonight. Uh, this has been the Guernsey Geeks podcast, and we'll be back shortly. Nice. That's good. Hi there. Uh, You've been listening to Guernsey Gigs podcast here with a collection of guests, but none more important than myself here. Graham here, chanting you right back to you and uh, bum. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening. This has been the uh, Guernsey Gigs podcast with Tom Gerrard, our special guest, and Bishop. Uh, You can catch us later on on our website, guernseygigs.com forward slash podcast. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Thank you very much for listening. Um, no, you've got a, sorry, a low voice. <laughs> no, no, no. Does it however you like. Come doing on, it. that's really no thank, thank you very much for listening. Um, it's been a great pleasure to be a guest on the Guernsey Geeks podcast. Um, good night, cock. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
Thank you very much for listening tonight. That was Guns and Kicks podcast with guests Naomi Bishop and Tom Gerard and hosts Elliot Maris, Graham Judd and myself, Greg Harrison. Uh, we'll be seeing you in the very near future. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> that was very, like, my time. Oh, that good. Yeah. Yeah. That's well done. Yeah, give a round of applause. Well done. Right. 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 I must apologise for smelling of cheese. I like went to Carrefour just for coming here. Oh, I tell you, when I got through customs and they opened up the boot, I swear the guy's eyes were watering. Every time. Uh, he pulled Are back. the car? Struggling thunder can't.